There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplace to elicit passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. So I seek out and bring on guests who have a particular perspective, experience, or expertise that I think contributes to this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe and finally in this introduction if you hear anything that stirs you and you're interested in joining the movement toward living with passion and working on purpose you can reach out to me via uh, email elise at elisecortez.com and check into just receiving information about what we're up to here joining a catch fire online inspiration accountability or mastermind community or being part of my freshly minted purpose-driven leadership programs for individuals or companies. You can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and also send me a tweet to Elise Cortez. And then on to the show itself. Last week, if you missed the, the live show, you can always catch it recorded via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Sharon Dematia. She's the founder of the AIM Project and is also a connection and communication expert, human re-engineer, and storyteller. She had just come back from a trip to South, South Africa in service of her project, and we talked about that trip, how the AIM Project was born, and why it is critical in addressing some of today's thorniest problems, including how we see ourselves in relation to the world and how that gets manifested in things like depression and suicide, things like that. No small topics there. With us this week is Phil Sotok. He is the founder of DPMC North America, a management consultancy specializing in mission-driven management and virtuous leadership. He also founded and helps manage Venture Source Corporation, a global supplier of engineered products to the automotive industry, with offices in the U.S., China, Spain, and Mexico. Today, we'll be talking about why purpose is such an important point of management in today's business world and the work he and his team are doing to help companies manage by mission and virtuous leadership. He joins us today from West Michigan. Phil, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you, Elise. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so great. You know, I'm so enjoying this whole journey. And I, you and I found each other on LinkedIn some time right. back, I, yeah. right? So I think we were both interested in the whole purpose space. And you you glimpsed what I was up to. I glimpsed what you, what you were up to. And I said, we got to get on there and talk about this. So thanks for let's, saying yes. Let's be clear. I think I found you. <laughs> okay. Because you okay. got a lot of good stuff going on out there. Oh, I love it. Well, and there I have to also say, speaking of going on out there, I love your mid your Midwestern accent. It's just fantastic. I didn't I didn't know we had accents, but absolutely, it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the Northwest. We don't have accents over there. Everybody else has one. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, let's get into it, Phil. We've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time, and and I want to just really start. It's it's kind of perplexing. I find myself thinking about this quite a bit it seems to me that purpose is everywhere so let's start by just talking about why is purpose such a buzzword today what's going on in the world that calls forth its presence it's everywhere Uh, it certainly is and there is a lot of buzz Um, so much is being said about purpose and that if we discover our why you know and put that into action both individually and perhaps with others that it might just be I don't know, a holy grail of sorts, right? To unlocking potential and 
to finding fulfillment and meaning in our lives. So it's all, it's all very inspiring. Um, and to a large extent, the buzz, um, I believe, is justified because we now see a confluence of science and evidence telling us this, that purpose really does matter. And that if organizations and people, for that matter, grasp this and apply it, they can do great things. So there's no shortage, uh, really, of thought leaders out there. And there's more and more every day uh, pointing us in this direction and pointing us toward this idea that uh, organizations with a sense of purpose beyond, you know, what we were taught in B-School, this idea of creating shareholder value, that uh, when you go beyond this, those are the ones that uh, endure in the long haul. So I think that's great. In fact, even Michael Porter um, recently went as far as to say, I think it was him, that aiming for a higher societal purpose uh, through business could reinvent capitalism, right? Now that's a big idea um, and one that could transform the world or at least I think how we interact within it. So I'd, I'd say that's worth paying attention to. <laughs> I would too. What a great way to start. And I want to chime in at a couple of things that you said, but let me make sure and we presence a couple more things first. Mm. Beautiful opening, Phil. And I just so appreciate how you've situated purpose and why it's such a focal point today. And I love what you said about the confluence of of science and research mm. and, and really, you know, business imperatives and business financial information that really demonstrate and illustrate the importance of it. So yeah. right there with you. Yeah, it's really where we're at today too, but go ahead, sorry. No, no, that's great. That's I wanted to get into that next. And so let's really make sure that our, our listeners understand this, whether they're an individual contributor considering this thing called purpose, whether they're a leader trying to develop their organizations. Why should companies and their leaders care about purpose? Well, first of all, the evidence is in, right? I mean, organizations with purpose um, have been proven to perform or outperform their peers. I think if I think that Jim Collins study years ago was on the order of like six to one that they outperform their peers over the long haul. So we know um, that there is a very high correlation between purpose and profitability in companies. But let's think about this for a second. Let's unpack that because almost 100 percent of organizations today um, have like a mission or a purpose, some true north articulated and communicated that with this 100, you know, 100% adoption, we should be knocking it out of the park as it relates to uh, performance and great places to work. But at least you know the number, um, roughly 65, 66% of our workforce, uh, according to research, remains uh, ambivalent, uninterested, unmotivated. So why is this? Why are we not making progress in captivating our teams? You know, if you look at the data, I don't think... I don't think the data is suggesting that we need more companies with compelling purpose statements. I, think what, <laughs> I, I really think what the data is telling us, if we read between the lines, is that we are actually failing to make the all-important connection between the purpose of our organizations and the hearts and minds of those who make up our organization. And that idea has been validated. Harvard validated that. I think within the last couple of years with a study they did that suggested simply articulating uh, and communicating purpose to your teams does very little, right? That's not uh, going to get us where we need to go. So there's more that's required. There's really quite a bit that's required for transformative change in organizations. Um, they did a study, I think it was again done by Harvard, that um, talked about purpose clarity. I don't know if you've heard about 
um, that idea, but it's just, it's really just a measure of how deeply purpose is internalized within the whole of an organization. And then we've built upon that uh, and found that this idea of purpose clarity, we, we like to refer to uh, it as unity. We call it unity. And in that sense, we mean it's a phenomenon that elevates the relationship between the individual and a collective need. That's how we think about it. So the outcome of unity for us um, or of co-creation between the organization and the purpose uh, is a much higher, it's a, it's a much higher thing. It's, it's, it goes beyond alignment. It's a much deeper cut, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I was going to say earlier is um, you mentioned the figure 65%. I've, I've seen it as even as high as 85% of people who are uninterested in work across the globe. Anyways, yeah. better, yeah, better, better number here in the States, it, it seems. But uh, anyway, what I find, Phil, and what I'm up to, and I think you are too, is I, I really want to do something to help those people that are literally walking through life dead Monday through Friday, mm, yeah. right? And they, they're, I, I, when I go out and talk to people and I ask them what they're passionate about, you know what the number one response is? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> they say, I don't know. Uh, so what I was going to share just quickly yeah. is I was out speaking to a group of women um, about a week and a half ago, and um, it was about meaning, passion, purpose, inspiration, et cetera, and purpose-driven leadership. And uh, the idea was to really help these women get present to the possibility of having a meaningful life and work and purpose-infused. And several of them, of course, got very excited about the idea. They got yeah. inspired, and they got they got emotional about the possibilities. And so what I see, Phil, are people are so hungry for meaning mm. and purpose and something of substance in their lives they want that and if an organization can help them get that that's a home run yeah i think you know there's an integrity uh issue in there as well i think people are hungry for integrity too yeah Um, and they're hungry what i mean by that is um they're hungry for integrity like in their whole life like the whole of their life right because in many cases we're not getting that Mm -hmm. Uh, in the workplace we're not able to practice integrity uh, and we're not finding integrity. We're finding the opposite. So it's kind of leaving us with this incompleteness uh, of ourselves. But when we find purpose or what we find in purpose and organizations that offer uh, environments of purpose or purpose-driven structures or however you want to call it, um, it's an antidote really to this integrity challenge that we have in our lives. Because if I'm somebody at home, right, or or you're somebody in the community, um, and that's different from who you are at work or how you're being conditioned, I guess, uh, to behave at work, then that leaves us with quite a dilemma, right? We have a choice to make. Do I act with integrity or do I disconnect from this place? Um, and that's, I think, what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of people disconnecting. Uh, and I, I think there's an integrity challenge that's going on that we need to solve. Uh, Phil, that is one of the most um I don't know, crisp and also unique insights I've ever heard on this topic. And I really appreciate that. I think that is just golden. And of course, one of the reasons I had to have you on the show, I knew that you had this wealth of of foundation to stand from and the work that you've been doing would really help give us some insights. And that was just golden. I'm going to make I wrote that down. I'll put it in social media. Look out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Well, so along those lines, we're talking about, you said there's an integrity issue for people in terms of their overall lives. I'm interested to hear what you see as some of the biggest problems facing companies today. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a bit uh, in the same 
line of thinking. I think for, you know, sadly for many organizations, at least those may be, I guess you could say who are walking the fine line between prevailing or dying a slow death is um, there's a lack of trust. There's a, there's a failure in connecting, um, you know, meaningful trusting relationships, both internally and externally. So, um, you know, it's resulting in, in deteriorating relationships between employees and employers for sure. But I think it's also uh, in many cases impacting society at large. So just think about the recent list. You can probably, I won't name names, but you can probably think of them off the top of your head. We've seen a walkout recently. We've seen a founder ousting. We've seen a very well-known company with what I'd call is an identity crisis. Um, we've seen companies spending millions of dollars on campaigns like, you know, quote unquote, earning back our trust. So I see these things and I just can't help but to think what, what a waste of creative energy, right? Being pointed at things that are completely avoidable if we were to prioritize uh, the right things. So, Wow. You really here illustrated us a wide swath of issues. Boy, you've, you're right. That's, that really helps us presence what's going on for us out there in, the, in, the, in this big world we live in. Um, very crisp again. Well, and then under that, there's one other thing that I've been really, really focused on lately, Phil, in terms of the workforce and, and, and humanity, and, and that's artificial intelligence and robotics. <laughs> and so I'm interested in your perspective on how you think those two will impact how humans experience and participate in the workforce. That's a great uh, question. And it's close to home because in, you know, in my other work with automotive, we hear um, there's so much going uh, around about this idea and there's so much creative destruction really in manufacturing and, and at least my sector in automotive that's happening uh, right, be- right before our eyes. But I think the full effect of this is um, it's quite a few years out. Uh, it's kind of like the autonomous vehicle is supposed to be right around the corner and that uh, continues to get pushed out. But I do know, I guess, I think what they're saying is maybe in the next 20 years or so, I've heard some numbers that 50% of uh, the work that people are currently doing will not exist. So I guess in the next 20 years will be crucial how we train our youth, really. Um, And in the meantime, there's growing fields uh, like robotics and HMI, which is uh, human machine interface that will keep us busy for some time. Um, And I guess I say that a little bit tongue in cheek because well, you and I both know that the economy is not a zero-sum game. So my thought on, on this and on AI is it can only lead uh, to more opportunity. And there were doomsday uh, predictors and arguments at the turn of some, you know, like the macroeconomic eras when we moved from agrarian to industrial, industrial to information, that um, those were for sure disruptive, but there was hardly chaos and, and mass unemployment, I wouldn't say. So this creative destruction um, like, let's just take, for example, um, because we know it, it's in our, you know, it's in our, our lifespan is between the industrial and the, the information ages is that led to a whole new economy, like entirely new work that we had not seen coming. We didn't predict um, 10, 15, 20 years prior to that. So you can, I guess you can see I'm on the positive end of this <laughs> argument. I have faith in our human potential, Elise. <laughs> I do, too. And I'll quickly just comment on that. Um, I uh, two, two pieces. I heard the um, 
Federal Reserve Board Chair Robert Kaplan speak here at a luncheon that I went to some time ago, and I asked him a question based on his speech. I said, what are the the forward-thinking companies doing about bridging artificial intelligence robotics with the the human workforce? And he said, um, and again, I don't want to take his comments out of context here, so I don't want people to think I'm I'm not slamming him. I'm just passing on what he had to say. But he said, said, well, those companies are investing more in technology than they are in people, which I didn't didn't necessarily like per se, but it doesn't, right. I don't take it doomsday either. The other side of that, to your point that I agree with, is that from what I know of my of the work that I've been doing investigating meaning in work, Phil, is that, that people experience more meaning in their work when they are calling from higher order abilities anyway. And so my hope is, and I want to be part of the, of the movement that helps people be able to draw from a higher part of themselves to participate in the workforce and, and let machines and other things do some of the other work that maybe they could have done previously, but bring them to a higher level of contribution and therefore, existence and, and interaction. And I think it will be a more fulfilling place for them. Yes, they will have to learn more. They will have to go back to school and continue to unlock new skills and new talents. But I think it can be an even more satisfying interaction and, and fulfilling than it, even it is today. I think you're, the, the word contribution is key in this, in this conversation. I think that's really the, at the heart of it because our human, and I'll put that like in quotes, our human contribution is what's unique. And that coupled with our creative capacity um, is unique. And so our ability to create new information and channel it toward more meaningful output, that's unique. So I don't, let me, let me think, let me just, I'll use a ridiculous example to, to get the point across. Like it takes our human creative capacity combined with our external circumstances to recognize that if it's cold outside and we have a rock, and two sticks, we might just rub them together to create a spark that produces something warm, right? Like that comes from within us. AI cannot produce that. That's a meaningful output from a circumstance that's around us and we figure out a way forward. Mm. So I think, you know, it's true that machines will soon process um, more information than I think all humans combined. There's a chart I've seen uh, that shows that we're a couple of years away from that uh, from that inflection point, but they'll lack our creative capacity. So in my opinion, AI really only further unlocks us as humans. It unlocks our, um, our ability to create, you know, more value, substantial more value for society. Mm. Uh, and machines can complement that. Us, you know, they can complement us in this endeavor. I think that's gorgeous, Phil. And I completely agree. Beautifully said. Let's grab our first break here real quick. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on the air with Phil Sotok, who is the founder of DPMC North America, a management consultancy specializing in mission-driven management and virtuous leadership. He joins us today from West Michigan. We've been talking a bit about what's going on in the world that makes purpose so important. After the break, we're going to talk about what he's been doing to serve his clients to help bring that. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Phil Sotok. He was the founder of DPMC North America, a management consultancy specializing in mission-driven management and virtuous leadership. He also founded and helps manage Venture Source Corporation, a global supplier of engineered products to the automotive industry with offices in the U.S., China, Spain, and Mexico. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Phil, before we went for break, I really just appreciated how you finished the concept or the conversation around artificial intelligence and robotics. And I hope for our listeners that they can lean forward and stand in a place of hope and possibility yeah. than fear. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And it's it's I was I wanted to say it's a comparative advantage thing. We have to focus on, you know, it's it's kind of cliched. It's us for you know human versus machine, but we do truly have to focus on our human comparative advantage. Um, and that's something that's, again, that's unique to us. And I think, um, you know, whether it's studying the humanities or uh, practicing, you know, the human virtues, I think those things can set us apart. And uh, I believe those are the things that we should be teaching our youth to prepare for the next age. Here, here, and I have an interest in in helping to further shape the education space. So maybe who knows, Phil? Mm. You know, these stranger things have been known to happen. You and I could be on the other end of this. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Next venture, you need something else to do, don't you? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, well, I want to talk about what the work that you're doing here. I, I, you know, it's it's this is a, a fascinating place to get to contribute to, and I've been so enjoying meeting people like you as my comrades. Um, so first. Let's situate just how in the world you got yourself into this. I mean, you have a very successful business already in the automotive industry called Venture, Venture Source. Right. How did you decide to enter the management consultant in the purpose space? Yeah, it's, I guess it's a bit of a jump from where I started. I grew up in, in a family of engineers and I started my career as an engineer. Um, but then my, I kind of drifted more toward, you know, down the business road. And uh, after a number of years in, in different corporate settings, um, I myself found uh, that I was searching. I was searching for something more. And uh, that's when I, at least from my, you know, my personal story, I recognized I had an entrepreneurial spirit in me. So I decided to act upon that and started VentureSource. And when we started VentureSource, we wrote uh, a vision. And it was, you know, like a three-page document. And it had a little paragraph in there. And all it said was, we're going to do something about teaching others. Um, and it was vague. And so it wasn't really unpacked that well. Um, but we knew we wanted to help others in business someday down the road. We wanted to help them be better because that's why we were, um, that's really why we started Venture Sources. We wanted to create an environment um, for ourselves and for other people where they could find their best self. So we didn't start Venture Source on a product idea, as you might think, because we're in automotive and manufacturing. Uh, we didn't start it that way. We started around the idea of, creating a better place to work. And a few of us had some, um, you know, I wouldn't call them bad experiences, but just experiences within corporate America that were not fulfilling. We said, let's, let's try to create something that's better. Um, not just a fun place to work, but something where we can uh, maximize our talents and do something, uh, you know, great together. Mm. Yeah. That is, you know, and I appreciate that. I, and as you and I spoke on the phone when we first met, I felt like you're 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 my brother from some other planet or some yeah. other time. Yeah. I don't know, but we're yeah. we're we're co- we're cosmically 
uh, connect it somehow. But it's very similar is how I ended up in the space as well. Wanted to, wanted to create the, the work and the life in which I wanted to be part of and that I would be proud to live and proud to, to connect with others through. So very, very similar approach. I built it on the back of what I had been doing before around management consulting, but situated it into that particular space of okay. how do we make this meaningful and purposeful. So okay. now, but... But your particular pers- your particular approach, I really want to I want to bring forth here. It's fascinating here that you talk about how your solutions are aligned with the practice of management by missions mm-hmm. and transcendent motivation. And I want to talk about each one of those things to help our listeners understand them. So first, the practice of management by mission. What do you mean by that? How do you work with that? Yeah, that's really our that's a systematic approach. So. Um, and it's our systematic approach or methodology, you could call it, to bringing, we say, bringing purpose to life within the organization. And we call it um, by that name, specifically, you know, missions with an S, because we focus on um, personal missions as an expression of purpose. And so nowadays, we, I mean, like we said, most organizations, if not all, have some, some true north uh, articulated already. So much of our role is really in helping them It's on the how-to side of the equations, helping them to operationalize it uh, at every level and within within every person within the organization, which entails looking at everything in the business through a lens of purpose. So at the highest levels, we look at uh, the strategy of the organization, the design of the organization, um, the leadership practices, uh, because we want to ensure that there exists uh, a high level of continuity. in every action that is taken within the organization and that those actions are pointed um, towards serving the purpose. And so we really need to bring those three areas of the organization together. And we, I can unpack that further, but that's the, that's the gist of it. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Phil. No, there's four, there's, I guess to wrap it up, there's four general categories we consider when we look at that um, to help organizations better align and structure their businesses relative to purpose. And it entails looking at the company's story uh, which can be the vision values, the principles, you know, the business model. We want to get um, a strategic fit around that, and we want to get alignment at the leadership level around that before we start to cascade that identity and that story uh, throughout the organization. We look at organizational coherence. So we need to align um, that story and the purpose of the organization with the systems that they're deploying. So I'll use an example of, um, you know, just compensation systems. If we're talking about trust and teamwork at the purpose and the, and the, you know, and the, and the storyline of the organization or who we are from a principal's perspective, but we have compensation plans that put me against you, or it's not, you know, it's a zero sum game, then that's really inconsistent and coherent with what we're professing. And the same thing with the leadership practices and behaviors. If we have a purpose and principles um, and values that are professed, but we have leadership behaviors uh, that are inconsistent to that, then the whole of the organization feels this as, as you know, really inauthentic. Um, and that causes problems as well. So we those are the three areas that we need to look at and, and find integrity around those. And I think many organizations fail because they focus on one of those, but they don't focus on those uh, from a holistic perspective and try to look at all three of those through the lens of purpose. What I appreciate about that as a systems thinker is to me that's all about systems, the interactivity, the the close interconnection of how everything impacts something else. And I, I really appreciate that holistic approach. Yeah, it's connecting the dots. Like, and again, like we said, there's everybody seems to have a purpose statement, 
um, but they're not connecting the dots. They're failing to connect the dots with the people within their organizations, with how they've structured the organizations, with the environments that they're creating within the organizations and how they're behaving. Um, so it's really a, a, a whole a full picture that you need to look at if we want to get it right. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Well, and then there's this thing, transcendent motivation that you yeah. that you that you practice. Talk about that. This is arguably uh, the most important aspect of our work because our aim here is to help the organization see the person's unique contribution relative uh, to the job they're being asked to perform, and it's really. Um, I like to think of it as a mindset shift that we seek because with this, we can then start to help the person understand that meaning ultimately comes from within. It's not something that's dictated to us from another. We bring meaning to our work. And I think that's, if there's anything that people take away from that, that's a key point because I think too many people are thinking or going about it saying, I need to find a job that gives me meaning. Right. I need to find a place that gives me meaning when they really should be turning that around and saying, how am I uniquely bringing something to this place? And then that's the giving that then, you know, begets receiving and the receiving that you get out of that is meaning. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's really a correct understanding of meaning. It's critical. Or we risk spending our lives chasing a fantasy, you know, and in the process, we blame others for our unhappiness. So that's um, much of the work that we do at DPMC focuses on building on this foundation, grounding people in their purpose while helping them to express their unique contribution and impact to uh, a higher purpose or shared purpose, whatever. I mean, that shared purpose can simply be that um, my contribution to my team, you know, and that and, and my team's purpose to the uh, to the higher purpose. What I so like about what you're saying, and tell me if I've got this wrong, so don't let me put words in your mouth, but what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Phil, is that, one, you're helping to develop organizations to to be able to to work through management by, by missions, and then, of course, utilizing and infusing this transient motivation piece into it. Thereby, what you do is you are developing the organization, changing the way that it really does its business and at the same time empowering the individual to step into his own power of creating that meaning and creating that that purpose for themselves is that it's fair it's it's absolutely fair and i like to think about it actually as co-creation yeah creating with the um with the environment around us with our organization with the people around us and that's um that connection and that co-creation between myself as an individual and the people around me that's what that's trans that starts to move us along the transcendent or along the motivation spectrum from extrinsic um, motivators toward transcendent because you I mean you know when you do something for a greater good or for a common good or when you do it in conjunction with others um, you move beyond yourself you start to see others and so you start to transcend beyond the things that um we are conditioned or we're told that we typically should seek like money or accolades or even happiness, right? We're told that, you know, to find our happiness or go seek happiness. But there's really, I think you and I know from, at least from talking to you, that um, there's true meaning to be found in serving others for the sake of serving others. Just that. Yes. 
Yes, and I think you and I t- talked about this as well, is that there's the idea of instead of focusing on happiness, which might be a byproduct, that we're focused mm. on what's meaningful and what's fulfilling. Right. And then as a result, we experience happiness. And so sometimes, that, to your point, chasing the wrong thing, trying to chase being happy. Well, what's that? Yeah. And, and isn't that transitory? But when we help other people, and especially for an extended period of time, that's meaningful and fulfilling. Yeah, it it is. It is. And there's an outward mindset there that I think we have to, um, we have to train ourselves to think, you know, it's a servant, you know, we've, whether it's, you know, servant leadership, I think addresses that um, concept, that idea of, you know, the service to other is really what's, what's rewarding and meaningful. And that's, but that's something we have to condition ourselves um, to think, because I think we're conditioned to not think that way. We're very much conditioned to think about kind of getting our own, um, taking care of ourselves. Um, and that's, it's, it's just something we need to break. It's a habit we need to break. No question about that. No question. Um, I want to, if I, on the break here, I'm going to look up a book that I'm reading that the guy talk, talks about that as well. But before we go into our next break here, I want to grab one last thing relative to this conversation here. And that is, it strikes me that you have the, had the chance to be able to see organizations that are exceptionally well run and organizations that aren't. <laughs> so in your work, as you've gone through, whether it's working with companies or observing them, how would you characterize the most effective leadership? What does it look like? That, yeah, and that, well, that's probably a, a lifelong uh, <laughs> endeavor to try to articulate that. But I mean, in my, at least up till this point, right, in my experience in working with all sorts of leaders, as you, as you mentioned, I can boil it down um, to two qualities that characterize, or I would say characterize effective leadership. Like when you say effective, I think of qualities that are required to set the stage for getting the right thing done, the right things done. So one quality for this um, is humility, and, mm. but, a, but a specific form of humility, right? Let's get that clear. It's a sense of knowing ourselves for sure, but it's also knowing ourselves relative to others so we can determine how best to serve them, which is a little bit of the kind of the topic we talked about before. And this goes hand in hand with another quality that I've seen, um, ineffective leaders and that is their ability to see greatness not only in their self which as silly as that sounds it's not always that easy to see greatness in ourselves right there's something that keeps us from uh from doing us doing that so their ability to see greatness in their self but also in other people as well and then from there they try to bring that greatness out of other people so those two things um together and they have to go together because if we have Humility, without this seeking of greatness, then we, I don't know, maybe we have a hermit or something like that. And if we have the seeking of greatness without, um, without humility, we have, well, we have plenty of examples of that probably. Yeah. Um, because that then starts to border on egomania and some of those things. So they have to go together. And when they go together, the outcomes are resolve, their courage, their justice, practical wisdom, self-mastery, um, these are the true leadership qualities, I would say. Mm, that was, again, so fresh, Phil. Thank you for that. Perfect way to take us into our last break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Phil Sotak, who is the founder of DPMC North America, a management consultancy specializing in mission-driven management and virtuous leadership. He joins us today from West Michigan. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about how some of the work that he's been doing gets applied and some of the results that he's seen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Phil Sotok. He is the founder of DP. DPMC North America, a management consultancy specializing in mission-driven management and virtuous leadership. He also founded and helps manage Venture Source Corporation, a global supplier of engineered products to the automotive industry with offices in the U.S., China, Spain, and Mexico. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So really quick to close the loop before we go on to application here. I mentioned a book that I had been I have been reading. And part of what made me think about it, Phil, was when you said something about the importance of people focusing not just on themselves, but also serving and, and helping others. Mm-hmm. And the book that I'm thinking of is called Creativity Inc. It's it, the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, subtitle is Overcoming the Unseen Forces That Stand in the Way of True Inspiration by Ed Catmull, who is the okay. president of Pixar Animation and Disney Disney Animation. Um, he's just got a lot in there about really, I think you, um, you, it sounds like you know the book, but what I like so much about what his message is in there is that he really is standing in a place of how to, how to help other people see their greatness, mm-hmm. how to remove any barriers in the workplace that get in the way of creativity or anything that might produce fear, just being vigilant about that and you know really looking from the place of it's not all about me he talks about one point when he was interviewing for one position somewhere I forget where and they ask him you know who else do you think we should be talking to and he gave him a whole list of names and he said that he got the job and afterwards he said part of the reason that they gave him the job is he said he was the only one they interviewed that gave them other names of prospects (laughs) everybody else obviously felt like that would be a a game ending um, approach for them but he didn't see it that way. There was he looked at it as the kind of what you said earlier in the in the, in the conversation about it. The, the playing field is large. There's lots right. of work to do out there. So we yes. don't need to diminish others to to you know expand or get ourselves going the direction that we want to. So yeah. anyway, and zero sum thinking. He's um, there. You go. He's cross referenced um, in the book Culture Code, which is another book that you would probably like or love if you haven't read it yet. Thank you. I write that down. I I um I always have a, a an ongoing list of of books coming to my door, so they're they're in my queue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's finish this little bit of segment. We don't have much time left on the show here, and I want to make sure our listeners get some some example of of really how you, you your work helps organization. What's the bottom line? What's the what's the contribution here? So, can you share with us an example or a case study of a company that you work with that illustrates the impact of your work and how the company win? It'd be great if you had like maybe like a before or after, and you don't need to give away the company name if that would not be beneficial to them. So we just want to understand how you work and what are the results. Yeah, there is an example I can give. It's um, I like to use it because their transformation was pretty impressive. Um, so it's a good example. Um, but it really allowed us also to fulfill our purpose in a, in a, in a meaningful way to stand alongside them and, and help them 
to do this. So we had a, a CEO approach us a number of years ago. He was struggling, stagnant growth, low profitability, um, and his team was flat. And he could not figure out how to motivate them toward you know, higher performance or anything, really. So um, the outcome was you know, high turnover. He had a lot of uninspiring and uninspired leadership going on. Um, and so we started with him. We started where we typically start, which is we do an assessment uh, around unity uh, within the organization. We found, as you would guess, some pretty low levels uh, of understanding and commitment around the company vision, the mission, the principles, all those founding statements. Um, there was really no understanding at all around it. It was somewhat meaningful or meaningless, rather, um, to the people. So over the, over the course of a number of months uh, and our engagement as we deployed the model, we connected the dots, we provided them tools, we helped the leaders, um, you know, kind of help themselves. We saw that we saw it increase, of course, but to one of the highest levels we've seen to date to like, it's like the 90th percentile. And so that's great. Um, but you walk through the organization now and the atmosphere is completely changed. It's absolutely night and day. You have high energy, uh, vibrant people, positive interactions, they're self-driven. Uh, and so it's quite a change from the days of, you know, flat teams and uninspired uh, leaders. And the numbers uh, in the organization reflected as well. So in the last five years, we engaged with this company um, five years ago. In the last five years, they've tripled their business. Um, they've increased their corporate earnings by over 400%. I think they had a dip last year. Um, but they're still on a very steep up curve. And so this success story is great because they attribute it to finding purpose within their organization and, and of course, implementing the, the management by missions model. But really, it's around the idea of, um, of finding purpose and that this can be profitable in all senses of the word, right? Um, not just on the bottom line, but certainly it does impact the bottom line. So. Um, that was a great success story, and it was great for us to participate in that. And isn't it wonderful and amazing to get to do that kind of work and help an organization like that? That is phenomenal, Phil. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's meaning. That's, you know. <laughs> it's worth getting up for, yeah? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think I'll get out of bed for that. Um, well, you already mentioned a few of these symptoms here, but I, I, it, it's just helpful for people might go, you know, scratch their head. Why would I want to work with Phil? I mean, why, why would, it, why do I need that guy for? So, what are some of the symptoms, the symptomatic problems that you might say that companies would experience that would indicate to you that they could benefit from working with you? You mentioned yeah. um, low performance, uh, yeah. uninspired work workforce. Mm-hmm. What, what else would indicate that that there may be an opportunity there? Well, there's, I mean, there's a silos, there's team dysfunction, there's uh, disengagement, um, lack, you know, poor communication, uh, some of those things. But, you know, I, I can give people and I typically, you know, we, we give a list of things that they might be feeling, but I like to um, frame it under an overarching problem indicator, um, kind of a leading indicator. And the one that we've learned from our experience with working with companies, large and small, regardless of the sector or services, that they provide, and that is, um, what is the health of your interpersonal relationships within the organization? Because when we know this, then we can appropriately address the various symptomatic problems that we might be facing, whether they stem from paternalistic cultures, from bureaucracy, from aggressive cultures, and those lead to things such as silos or team dysfunction, poor communication, apathy, and 
uh, even fear in some cases. So what we found is that in high-purpose, high-performing organizations, those that we've worked with, they've all exhibited this one common denominator. That's that high-quality relationship. Um, and it's both internal and external. It's typically characterized um, by cultures of compassion, vulnerability, safety, belonging, um, servant leadership, certainly low levels of self-interest within uh, the team and team members. So what does that tell us? That tells us we need to solve first and foremost for those variables that elevate the level of interpersonal relationship within our company, whatever those are. And you know them. They, you know, the owner of a company or the leader of a company, they know it. Um, whether your company falls in, you know, if it's a go-go startup or if it's a mature uh, 100-year-old company, you'll have these unique uh, challenges, but they're all grounded in one key dynamic. And so the question is, how are your interpersonal relationships? Ask that question and, and test and gauge for that. Wow, that is so crisp. And, you know, this is the great thing, what I appreciate about the work, that, that who you are, coming from an engineering background and family and such, and <laughs> right. perhaps bringing that background into the work that you do in purpose. It's just, I really appreciate that combination, Phil. It's yeah, just, I was the ugly duckling in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I was the black sheep, too, in many ways. Yes. Um, well, just... A couple things here before we dash. I, I know that it's probably fairly obvious, but I really want our listeners to get this. What is it about this work that you do that, that so grabs you, so compels you? Why is it meaningful for you? I, you know, I believe that this idea of purpose at work um, will make our lives as individuals whole. And it's kind of that topic that we talked about a little bit before. If we get, if we get purpose right or purpose at work right, it could be the foundation from which... Um, we change everything because right now you think about it, we're very piecemeal in, in our approach. We have disengaged workers. So we throw wellness programs at them. We throw a random leadership seminar at them, but nothing really has context. And we have companies. I read something the other day about a company that um, was implementing like meditation and health promotion policies. But you read about this company and year after year, they're engaging in downsizing, forcing early retirements and layoffs. So it's two completely different ends of the spectrum. Now, how do you think their workforce perceives that? So those, those things are really, um, you know, like front and center uh, to me. So uh, I believe that when we frame the business through the lens of purpose, then everything we do has the opportunity to have context and strategic fit. We do things for a reason. It makes sense. And this takes us closer to the desired end game. Mm, that was just yummy, Phil. I'm convinced, at least, we're on the verge of redefining work. I really, and I know you believe that, too. I think I think it will it will serve to complete who we are. It will serve to give us life to who we are and um, and it'll help us to reach our full potential. I truly believe that. I do too. And oddly enough, back to our earlier conversation, I do think that artificial intelligence and robotics will help get us there. It'll be mm. part of the catalyst that gets us, kind of boots us up there, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I c- and I do believe, and that and is We should leverage it. We should. Yeah. Yeah. You and I are part of a movement to help reshape the workforce. Absolutely. And in so doing, the life experience, the existential experience of people. Mm. It's 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 amazing work to get to do, really. So, have you read B.J. Fogg's work on behavioral uh, behavioral models and prompts? No, but I'm writing uh, it down. Thank you. Really interesting. It's like I look at purpose, or yeah, I guess I look at purpose within organizations. Um, he talks about getting prompts, right? And that prompts we have to have the right prompt to lead us. We have to have the skill. 
but we have to have the right prompt to lead us to the to the desired behavior. And I think of that as getting the environment right around us is the prompt to lead us to purposeful behaviors within organizations. And so that's I'm, I'm re- I really focus on the environment, the structure, and getting all of that right so that people can flourish. That is gorgeous. And on that note, uh, we will finish and close because we're out of time. And I want to make all sure right. and I get people to your website. So, Phil Sotok, thank you so much for joining Working on Purpose. You have been a tremendous contribution. Thank you. Thanks, Elise, for having me. If you want to learn more about Phil Sotok and the work that he is doing, visit, visit him and his team at dpmc.us.com, dpmc.us. And join us next week when we talk with Elizabeth Fournier of Cornerstone Funeral about the unique way she has of seeing people complete in their lives and what that finality does to garner and govern a sense of purpose in our lives. So I brought her on on purpose because I want her to be able to help us see what it looks like from the from the end of life. That's what helps fuel our purpose. So see you then. Remember that work is at least one third of our life. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. <laughs>